show of Five Shot Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Michael. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. Welcome to another episode of Five Stripe Weekly. And yes, Atlanta United, they defeated Inter-Miami 5-2, a Lionel Messi-less Inter-Miami. And uh, yeah, it was a drubbing that's it was very, very well-deserved uh, in some respects where, yeah, we got that uh, revenge, that sweet, sweet revenge that we really wanted after that League's Cup embarrassment. So, uh, yeah, we got a little bit of that. Uh, but before we get into that match review, I uh, want to remind you guys that we have a brand new uh, Patreon in the sense that there are some uh, revamped tiers and some new members have already joined the audience and we'd love to see you there. So if you haven't joined us, get in on the grassroots level as we're trying to level up the content every single day and we have some amazing things that we can't wait to share with you guys. So definitely Get in there, patreon.com slash ATLUTDFANTV. It's also in the description below if you're watching on YouTube or if you're while listening on the podcatcher that you're listening it on. But uh, shouts out to Gavin Marshall, Jordan Beck, Nal Faruqi, Andrew Owicki, Ariel Acosta, and Chris James for joining us in one of the upper tiers where you get a shout out so yes definitely much love to you guys uh but as well we also are on the road to 10,000 subscribers on youtube so uh yes we'd love to be able to get to see if uh we can get there as well at that 10,000 mark uh just want to keep growing all the uh the socials and you know the channels and so help us out subscribe if you haven't already, and if you're new, definitely hit that sub button. But all right, let's get into this match review. And yeah, so uh, of course, like aforementioned, Lionel Messi and Jordi Alba they were left off the game day roster. And yeah, Martino Tata Martino he cited muscular fatigue, quote unquote, and a resultingly elevated risk of injury. But uh, yeah, he chalked it up to inevitable realities of Inter-Miami's congested stretch run schedule. And of course, the thousands of miles uh, that uh, Messi racked up uh, on his journey to South America to play for Argentina during the September international window. So yeah, uh, that night before, on Friday, he was seen... <laughs> yeah, he stayed in Miami, and uh, there was a Argentinian uh, pizza shop. I'm saying it all strange, but uh, Argentinian pizza shop in Miami that uh, he posted his pizza. And uh, this will play a part into later on in the match review. But yes, uh, it kind of pretty much set off alarm bells for a lot of people. Because they realized, oh, crap, wait, he's still in Miami. He did not travel with the team. Something's awry. Something is amiss. And, uh, I mean, yeah, you were one of the people that uh, noticed it on Friday nights. Uh, what was your reaction when you saw the 
the famous pizza now, I would say. Maybe infamous from Lionel Messi. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, besides the fact that it was a pizza I would never have uh, because I, you know, I, I get it's Argentinian pizza. It's like a, a special kind of way of doing it. There was this crazy deep dive that someone on it was on like a... Yeah, Alexis uh, Guerreros. Yeah, CBS Golazo. Yeah, they did... Yeah, they did a huge rundown about the history of pizza, and it was hilarious. So if you check that out, yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, you know, I like New York style pizza, so like this is nothing like what I'm interested in. So I was like, what is that? Um, so anyway, when I saw that, I was like, that's a Miami pizza place. Interesting. Uh, I wonder what that means. Uh, Tata Martino can sometimes be. Um, seen as being a little deceptive in terms of psychological warfare a day before a game uh so you never want to put anything totally past some pieces of strange news that come out before games to kind of unsettle or unrest teams that they're going up against um in this case it wasn't to be like that we have uh we had rather some insider reporting from one of our good friends of the channel uh and the, one of the co-hosts at scarves and spikes Good old Tyler Pilgrim did some on-the-ground reporting. Well, not on the ground, but from a telephone. He called the pizza place to verify, to make sure that that pizza actually did arrive at Lionel Messi's. He talked to the actual owner himself. And that's when I say, when I say to people, you know, I know Lionel Messi's not going to be there tomorrow. It's because I had insider reporting. Um, so that's why... Uh, joining our Discord is a really great idea because you can be privy to some of that insider information before it drops. Um, so sign up, get on in there, and you could be hearing some interesting stuff in the future. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's uh, great for that as well as yeah, some of the stuff uh, doesn't really leak out as well. We uh, we kind of share a lot of uh, very fun stuff, uh, not only memes but also some info before it breaks out into the public so definitely yes get in there but uh yeah uh and as well messy uh the uh the talk was all about if uh turf was in a factor as well but dr martino uh he said the field has nothing to do with it at all this is the day-to-day -day life that we have ahead of us because we have a quest to try to reach the playoffs but we have the open cup final on the 27th so sometimes there are difficult decisions because there are also decisive matches. But the reality is that there's a final set for the 27th. That's just one game for a title. The league is seven, eight more dates. And even if we win them all, it is not certain we get in. We started this run way behind. We won't abandon our hopes, but our focus is on the 27th. So I think that makes it fairly obvious that he prioritized some competitions. And uh, yeah, it's... Uh, at this point, you know, uh, you know, Tata Martino, he knows the challenges that are afoot at Mercedes-Benz Stadium uh, with the fandom, with the full bowl as well. It's 71,000 plus people showed up. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't see Messi, unfortunately, but uh, that's what it is. It's uh, a lot of upset fans, which we'll get to, but uh, yeah. The uh, the story was way different, and like Afra mentioned, yeah, the, these three points were sweet. They were very welcomed, and uh, yeah, you know, we uh, we saw a lot of I think uh, 
really great stats that came out afterward uh, from this match too. But uh, yeah, you know the main crux of it is that is Miami. They were unbeaten in all competitions since Lionel Messi uh, came to the club, and yeah, we were able to pretty much crash that and you know kind of snap that streak right in half exactly just as uh michael was uh uh i guess uh pantomiming pantomiming <laughs> yeah perfect that's the word and uh yeah so it was lovely and uh yeah there was a bit of kind of bravado a little bit uh going into the match uh gonzalo pineda he was thinking yeah no everybody's talking about inner miami and Lionel messi but uh, this match is about Atlanta United, and yeah, we need to make it about Atlanta United. And I think it, it was the the right mindset. I mean, uh, really great motivation. Uh, you saw it afterward on uh, X.com uh, how Gonzalo Pineda was really trying to spur the squad on to make sure that they came out firing. Uh, well, unfortunately, that wasn't exactly the case. Uh, the first 30 minutes, a little bit where, uh, yeah, Inter-Miami's press, really good. They were, uh, they were pressing very high. Um, and, yeah, we, we didn't look exactly the best. Uh, and, unfortunately, Inter-Miami, they were able to strike first through a ridiculous Leonardo Campana strike and uh yeah i mean basically the right back he just blasted a ridiculous shot that hit the crossbar uh and that was from distance it was i didn't expect that from kamal miller well, it was kamal miller right was it kamal miller i don't know if it was kamal miller but uh, i think it was the right back but um either way it was oh, okay it was uh really well struck and uh yeah guzan definitely would have been cut out but, uh, yeah, he got caught out, unfortunately, with uh, the strike that's Campana. Man, I mean, it's it's up for uh, the goal of the week for a reason. I mean, it's really well struck. I mean, he basically, he uh, he settles that loose ball. He's able to rainbow flick Miles Robinson, who, uh, if you can make him look silly in this league, that's, that's just well done. And then, uh, yeah, he was able to volley it from there into the roof of the net. Man, just props, props to component. Yeah, that's a that's just a striker's goal. That's a, you can't do anything about that. Um, but in real time, frustrating as hell. And uh, yeah, it's not something that you want to see the team concede too much. Uh, you know, those type of chances inside the box. But uh, yeah, I mean, kind of a, a freak goal to the degree of where the ball lands. But uh, after the uh, the first strike, but. It is, yeah, ultimately, uh, you know, we're down 1-0. But, uh, yeah, we're able to uh, to kind of get in there, uh, kind of rectify a little bit with uh, Tristan Muyamba, who, uh, yes, with a, uh, yeah, pretty much every mascara, you know, uh, much maligned uh, for most of the fan base, but uh, yeah, he was able to get the hockey assist, the pre-assist, if you will, uh, in this one, and uh, yeah, was able to find Brooks Lennon, who was able to get to the byline to cross in, cross in something at the near post, and Tristan Muyamba, he was able to uh, glance that header to the literal back post, 
uh, off the back post and in, so we thought, and VAR was able to look at it and decide that it was actually a goal, uh, much to Tata Martino's chagrin. But uh, yeah, what, what did you think? Did it look like a goal uh, when it first struck him? No, it, was, it didn't look good to me. And then when I saw that they're doing a goal check, I'm like, this is, is going to get overturned. Um, I was I was pretty certain that that was the case. Um, but we lucked out. Um, you know, it was kind of, it was uh, the field, the, the call on the field was that it was a goal and it wasn't clear and obvious enough to overturn anything like that. So didn't go to review and it was, you know, they don't have the goal time, te- the goal line technology. Uh, so... It is what it is. Sometimes these things happen. Um, for us, the ball landed on the right side of this scenario. Um, it, I mean, like when I look at some of the replays, it's it's really inconclusive. There's one replay where it really does look like Calendar reaches back into the mouth of goal and then pushes it out again. Um, and then there's some some uh, uh, something on Twitter that someone posted about like doing the, these like angle calculations or whatever saying like oh yeah definitely was this because i'm like okay that's you know whatever but it to me like i said it didn't necessarily look like it went like conclusively into the net but it was close enough for me to be happy with the result (laughs) of course yeah if uh if it counts it counts we're not too fussed normally uh but uh yeah it is uh yeah you know the goal line technology would have ruled it pretty conclusively if uh, a certain watch that the center ref was wearing buzzed, uh, but that technology doesn't exist in MLS, so uh, yeah, they had to go check, but hey, happy days at the end of it, and uh, yeah, we were able to get an equalizer, uh, and we were able to double the lead five minutes later after Shonda Silva, he, uh, he chased a pass down into the left uh, side where he was able to hit the byline and yeah he shook his defender crossed it in and Kamal Miller he promptly put it into the back of the net and uh, yep well done Kamal Miller uh, thank you for that uh, that was I think something that we I think need to do more anyway which is it shows you that uh, both of those first two goals came from going to the byline and uh, yeah, a lot of chaos can happen when you get to the byline because you can, uh, yeah, be a little bit less predictable with uh, kind of the crosses. It can, you know, either be uh, really put in a dangerous area or you can uh, pull it back, uh, hit that third man. But uh, yeah, and then, or you can uh, stand it up to the back post. You can do all sorts of things. And so I think, uh, yeah, we're seeing the, uh, the fruits of uh, kind of getting to that byline with a couple of guys that are able to get there. So, um, you know, that's incredible. But also, in the span of eight minutes, we were able to find the third goal of the half. And uh, Caleb Wiley, he made a run up the left flank, uh, did a couple of uh, crossovers, and, yeah, just, man, beat his man on the, the dribble, uh, and then really fizzed a ball in. And, uh, yeah, out of nowhere, Brooks Lennon, he's on the left side of the box. What's the right back doing on the left side of the box, inside the box? 
Uh, it doesn't matter. He is able to sweep this ball in with a plum. It's beautifully struck. And Attacking midfielder Brooks Lennon. I'm here for it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's one of those things. I mean, he's probably one of the the. I would say he's up in the upper echelon of uh, right backs in terms of attacking ability. And yeah, you know, you, you see his uh, wherewithal to get into scoring positions as well as assist. He had a hell of a match. And uh, yeah, some uh, some fans give him some stick, but uh, yeah, I mean, he he had a great great match. Recorded his fourth goal yeah. and tenth assist of the season. I mean, that's hard to beat from the right, from the right back. I mean, that's yeah. He is uh, yeah. He set career highs, but also he's having a hell of a season. So, uh, but he's currently ranked tied fourth for assists in MLS. So that's pretty yeah. good. That's pretty damn good from a right back for sure. And uh, yeah, he's improving every single match from a defensive standpoint as well. So. Uh, definitely, uh, he's really uh, doing some bits for us. But uh, unfortunately, Miami, they were able to pull a goal back uh, with a handball inside the box. And Campana, he stepped up to the spots and he was able to get a brace. Uh, just beating... Uh, this was a controversial call. Yeah. Or, it, uh, that was a controversial call. Could have been, uh, yeah. Brom got a yellow for this as well. I mean, that's like the given if there is actually a handball, which was uh, that's what was adjudicated. And uh, Campana, he was able to put this ball in, um, where yeah, I mean, Breggers in, he dove the other way, but yeah, uh, this ball that uh, Campana uh, converted for the penalty, whew, uh, I mean, he he really placed it. Uh, it was uh, a little bit where... He sold Gazan. Yeah, he sold him, but it was definitely where... I mean, if he had maybe like an inch uh, to the left, it would have hit the post uh, and it wouldn't have gone in. Yeah. Like, he he really put it into that bottom left corner. But, uh, but yeah, well done to uh, Campana. He's, he had a great match, uh, I would say. But, uh, yeah, we were able to uh, get into the half 3-2. And yeah, this uh, the second half, uh, maybe not as great as those eight minutes that we were just uh, running rampant, but definitely uh, some really great moments in which we were, yeah, pretty much hitting them on the counter, and it was yeah, it was counter city pretty much. We uh, we knew when to essentially uh, kind of throw men forward, and a lot of this was. Uh, that ability to really make sure that uh, yeah we have guys that uh, are making runs and a lot of these guys were making runs. Sabalapsenite he uh, came on for Edwin Mosquera and yeah he properly uh, just was assisting everyone. But uh, yeah you know uh, essentially a really great play for the fourth goal in which case uh, Jean de Silva. He was able to beat his man, get it into uh, Tiago Almada in the midfield where he was able to drive at the defense and find uh, Saba Lapsenitze on the right where uh, Saba, he was able to square it really well uh, just just on side, Yorgos Yakumakis, in which case all he had to do was pretty much tap it in. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's not maybe a... Uh, 
kind of he like where he just only had to like put a little bit of uh, power on it, but he he had to like sweep in that ball there. But uh, Yakumakis he gets his 14th of the season, and now he is tied for first in the Golden Boot race, along with Mukhtar and zero penalties. Right? Is that what it is with him? Zero penalties. So incredible in that respect that he was able to uh, you know get. Those high numbers from that. Uh, and as well, uh, Tiago Amada, he gets his 15th assist of the season with the pre-assist. And so, uh, yes, he uh, breaks the record for LA United, uh, the club history anyway. Uh, yeah, and that's if you count the pre-assists and whatnot. I'm sure he, you know, plus with a handful of games, he probably will clear this for a good margin. But uh, yes, definitely. Uh, Saba, he gets that that clear cut assist, but um, yeah, you know, Michael, you you had uh, maybe something you were about to say. I forget who said this, but I remember someone saying that uh, Tiago Amada. I mean, you know, he may have not have like scored or or you know had some flashy plays like he can sometimes want to do. Um, they said that. He was the straw that stirs the drink. And I still think he absolutely is that player for us. And he's doing it, like you said, running at lines, breaking lines, finding those passes, being a release valve when he's playing on a more defensive end, constantly making guys sprint and tiring them out. The dude never runs out of energy. It's great to see it. So, yeah, I mean, this guy, hes uh, it's still Tiago's world and we're still just living in it right oh, now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, he, he maybe doesn't necessarily get the uh, like a traditional uh, football stat here, but uh, no, he he was making things happen, and uh, you know, with that pre-assist, he gets the uh, the club record. But uh, yeah, as well, this uh, this second half, uh, we were yeah, you know, just putting them to the sword. Fantastic stuff. Uh, we'll kind of have to pick our favorite goal uh, after we uh, talk about all of them. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, in terms of this 89th-minute goal, uh, the nail in the coffin for sure, uh, Sava Lapsenitze, he intercepted a pass in the center circle, and he sprinted forward. He was able to lay it off to Tyler Wolf, who had just came come on. And, yeah, I mean, at the top of the box, uh, on the right side, he was able to uh, put it into the top bins. And, yeah, really well struck there. Um, yeah, it, it's, you know, he put a little bit of bend on it. And uh, I believe it did hit the bottom of the crossbar. But uh, either way, it was really well taken. And, uh, yeah, Tyler Wolf, he is the first homegrown uh, to hit five goals. Uh, and, yeah, he pretty much leads uh all homegrowns in our history so yeah i mean definitely a forward for us that's uh yeah he's got a bright future if he can uh continue to kind of develop other parts and facets of his game but yes uh so five goals uh and yeah a lot of fans that maybe were looking for a lot of goals from both clubs uh, in which case yeah i mean you got seven goals it's Still very thrilling, but uh, no Lionel Messi. And yeah, uh, you know, it's one of those where the fans afterward, uh, they were interviewed 
by Felipe Cardenas uh, of The Athletic. And he did uh, note how some fans, yeah, uh, there was a Bianca Mathis from Buford, Georgia, who said, I was devastated, really emotional. I may be a Georgia peach, but I love Messi. I found out this morning I was really sad. Uh, there was a Jorge Musicante, what a name, really. Uh, but he said, quote, we drove from Memphis. It's a, fi- a five-hour drive. Uh, I didn't turn around because I wanted to spend a nice time in Atlanta. Messi's not here, but uh, LA United and Argentina midfielder Tiago Amada is. I think I love that. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, uh, the same person says Messi needs to rest he's 36 almost 37 I wish you were here but unfortunately he isn't it's still going to be a spectacle uh and another uh fan Rio Dale or Raldiale uh he says I'm a Messi fan today was supposed to be about Messi more than 70% of the fans here came to see Messi I want to see how he knows that but uh it's too bad if Atlanta wins I'll be happy for Atlanta but I came today for Messi yeah, I mean, it is, it is that. It's, uh, you know, like a lot of fans were expecting to see Lionel Messi. And they came away with the show. Just probably not what they were expecting. But that's, uh, that's frankly, too damn bad. Because... <laughs> happens. It happens to soccer. It's just part of the game. Exactly. I mean, you, you're paying... You're, when you get a ticket, you're paying for the chance to see players play. Yeah. It's not a guarantee. So mm-hmm. it's just comes down to strategy and what the coach thinks is best for the team right and so yeah while some of the tickets were probably six to maybe ten times what you normally pay uh yeah that is the risk you run unfortunately and it is that 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 sucks it it really does but uh if you're an inner miami fan and you came all the way here to uh yeah or if you just picked up an inner miami kit along the way uh to the stadium from uh, one of those Jersey boys. I don't feel that bad for you, honestly. <laughs> that is, uh, you know, like I said. That's t- All's fair in exactly. love and war. That's too damn bad. But uh, anyway, so uh, Tata Martino, he also had some really nice words uh, after the dropping that he experienced. Uh, yeah, he received a pretty warm welcome as well uh, inside the stadium. But he said, like always, it's uh, the best to come back here. The city and the club are places we had two great years and felt really respected and loved. Obviously, I'm sad because we lost and we came to compete and win if it was possible, but coming back is always special regardless. Also as well, Joseph Martinez, uh, he posted on social media, thank you for the beautiful and exciting welcome. I look forward to returning to the place where we wrote unforgettable stories together. You know I'll love you forever. Yeah, uh, when he came on for Campana, he was definitely serenaded with some really raucous cheers and, uh, yeah, just showered with love. And, um, yeah, luckily he did not score against us because uh, that's what I predicted, uh, that there might have been maybe a Jose Martinez penalty. Unfortunately, that was, uh, yeah, Jorge Campana that was able to get that. But, yeah. Really great to see Joseph Martinez at the Benz, for sure. And, um, yeah, as well, there were some really famous people, uh, maybe not to the level of where most people would recognize, uh, maybe, say, at the LAFC Miami match or in uh, in Fort Lauderdale, but uh, 
yeah, if you're a film buff, Francis Ford Coppola, he was also in Atlanta United Jersey. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's stars everywhere. There's stars everywhere uh, watching this game. And so it's, uh, yeah, definitely amazing to see. Uh, but, uh, yeah, to wrap a bow on this match, let's pick our favorite goal. Michael, what's your favorite goal? Mine, I think, is going to be uh, Brooks Lennon's goal. Um, he had a heck of a game. SofaScore gave him, like, 8.7 or something like that. It's He did amazing. Um, that touch, I think it's Silva who's got the assist on that, who fires a very, very fast ball right to him. Oh, it was Wiley. And but yeah. he, I'm, Wiley, sorry. Yeah, Wiley. Yeah, they just blasted it right to Lennon. And to be able to control a pass of that, you know, magnitude, and then to just do what you got to do with it, put it away. I, I mean, that was extremely impressive. Mm. Um, I don't know if he could do that another nine out of ten times, mm. but that was amazing. So mm. props to him. That I mean, like getting the ball to someone in the box is very hard if you don't do it very quickly, and they, it had to be perfect. It threaded right to him. And he had the perfect touch and the perfect finish. Yeah, it was a fullback to fullback connection, and uh, yeah, I I rate that goal. Um, but I think it's got to be Yorgos Yakimakis's uh, team goal because <laughs> it's just really well played uh, from four players. That uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think it's difficult from one player to the next player, but when you have you know the connection from you know multiple players on the pitch. I think it's hard to do, and uh, you know, even though it may not look as impressive uh, in the sense of you know the finish, I think it's the build-up to it, and it's yeah, it's impressive in a in a different way, but all the same, still amazing. And you know, we got G- uh, Yorgos now averages 0.91 goals per 90 yeah. in MLS, is, so yeah. like he's kicking. Uh-huh. It's uh, I believe best in the league. Uh, it's yeah, you know, he's missed a lot of games through either uh, suspension or injury. And, yeah, you can only imagine how many more goals he can, uh, you know, really get if he's playing, say, even 90% of our matches. But, uh, yeah, I think it would be... He's got... Yeah, you know, if he can score at this rate, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely, I think, quite incredible stuff uh, from a striker that's, uh, you know... Is wearing the same kit, the same number as Jose Martinez. Like that's that's hard to uh, you know I guess follow up in general, but that's huge. So uh, yeah, I so gotta, we'll I gotta wrap. say, oh, uh-huh, good. I got I gotta say I can't tell you how excited I am for a full next season with a more even more robust team than we currently have. Mm. With Yorgos being this the tip of the spear with this, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I seeing this guy, you know, uh, at full steam. Hopefully, like you know, no injuries, no setbacks along those lines, and he can just kind of play as many games as he can for us with a and also with a proper backup to, you know, give him time for when we do Open Cup and other kinds of competitions. Um, I, I mean, seeing like Saba, seeing these guys like. This is going to be a team. I mean, it already is, and I think it's going to be no longer a pretender. I think we're going to be a contender uh, definitely next year, if not already this year. And it's it's just, I mean, get excited. 
get excited for next season. This is going to be wild. Yeah, uh, definitely. It's very, very exciting stuff. Uh, although the way you just said get excited reminded me of uh, Arsenal and Nicola Pepe and uh, and all that. If you know, you know. I, I won't get into it, but uh, that didn't end as as well as the uh, the person that said get excited would have thought. But <laughs> hopefully that is completely not the case. But uh, anyway, let's wrap a bow on this match. And we will be playing DC United on Wednesday. And we will have that match preview later on for you in this episode. But let's get into the news. And LA United, we are up to 6th now. Uh, I believe we were 7th coming into this match. So yes, we uh, have been able to... Jump one position, which is fantastic. But uh, yeah, you know, Nashville below us, Columbus not in their best form. Uh, we are on the same level of points. But uh, yeah, it's coming down to a little bit of the uh, other things that uh, delineate the positions in the East. But uh, yeah, uh, we're not that far off from a home playoff position in fourth which uh, Philadelphia have 47 points. But uh, yeah, I mean, Philadelphia are definitely a tough customer. So uh, usurping them, maybe not the easiest, but New England might be that team that uh, they're going through some, some shit right now. And uh, yeah, that might be the team to actually uh, be able to, uh, to do, uh, yeah, kind of take their place a little bit in the uh, the top four there. But um, yeah, any thoughts on uh, the Eastern Conference and how that standings are looking? Yeah, I think uh, it's looking primed for us to gobble up some spaces. Um, I think, surprisingly enough, some of the teams, and like we mentioned, New England's troubles right now, um, a lot of those teams in the top, except for like really Cincinnati, are, are sputtering a bit. Um, Orlando seems to be doing pretty well unfortunately um so that's kind of like really the only thing I, after seeing them win again i think it was against columbus this week um they moved up a bit and kept columbus down so that's kind of good for us but also like we want to catch orlando um but you know i think that you know these some of these teams they can be got after and i think we can if we see these teams i think we have a chance against them and you know what we're not even going to probably see uh, for two weeks, we have D.C., and then we have, I think, Montreal after. These are two teams we can get a six-pointer six from, and I, I fully expect us to get wins in both cases. Yeah, uh, we uh, definitely, of course, are above them uh, in the standings, and, yeah, we won't give away too much of our thoughts uh, of uh, later on in this episode, but... Uh, yes, and uh, yeah, big piece of news in Atlanta and uh, kind of world football, uh, or at least for the national team anyway. Yes, as part of the U.S. soccer's uh, plan, yes, uh, Arthur Blank, of course the owner of LA United, he has contributed $50 million to support building a new national training center and to expand opportunities across uh, the soccer ecosystem in Atlanta. And uh, so, yeah, incredible stuff uh, for Atlanta. And, uh, yeah, basically it will 
the facility will serve as the headquarters for the U.S. Soccer uh, Federation, and also it will create a central hub for the entire soccer community, uh, including where coaches and referees and uh, yeah, all everybody uh, that comes in will have the access to best-in-class training, technology, and an infrastructure to promote a successful and sustainable playing environment throughout the country. That's huge. I mean, this is uh, as big of a thing, uh, you know, for Atlanta as uh, maybe just a step under Atlanta United. I mean, it's essentially, yeah, where Atlanta, they're really putting... uh, where, yeah, Arthur Blank has been able to put us into a position where absolutely we will at least be where the team trains and everything uh, before the uh, 2026 World Cup. But if we don't get a, uh, a home match, um, you know, at the Benz during the 2026 World Cup, uh, it will be a Surprise, really. Like, it will be. It's got to be a semifinal. Uh, it won't least. make any sense. Exactly. Like, it, it'll be. I, th- I think multiple games probably at this point. Um, you know, because that's just. Yeah, that's what we're setting it up for. And so that will be incredible. Uh, and yeah, it will definitely boost all the levels of uh, not only uh, Atlanta football, soccer, but also. Yeah, the infrastructure, the uh, yeah, the tourism, the uh, you know people that are living and working here. So yeah, huge, huge stuff. But um, yeah, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, th- this is huge. I mean, I, I get to say in our city, we ha- we have the best of the entire nation coming here to train and to organize. Um, that's amazing. I can tell like my kids, hey. You know, over there in the same city as our, our maybe it's probably like me a little bit outside of it or whatever, but in a very close, you know, uh, location to us, those are our nation's best playing right now, training, developing, getting better. It's a, it's just, it's an amazing, cool thing that you get to experience living here. And on top of that, this is something Garth Lager, one of Garth Lager's goals coming into this job was to bring U.S. soccer to Atlanta, and he did it, like. That's, I mean, not all on him, but that is a, that was, we haven't, we didn't hear this type of conversation before Garth got here and he started saying it and he, he did it. I mean, that's amazing. If, if he hasn't already been just a home run signing, um, for us in terms of our, uh, our CEO, I mean, <laughs> he absolutely is now because I just, it's amazing. And, and not just Atlanta United, it's US soccer too. This guy's um, just tremendous. Okay. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And then, uh, yeah, it is definitely, it's a win uh, in so many respects. And yeah, Lagerway, uh, yeah, you know, he's able to uh, put his money where his mouth is a little bit uh, to a degree, or Arthur Blank's money where his mouth is. But uh, yeah, so definitely, uh, you know, if he had a part in convincing him, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think maybe Arthur Blank really needs that much convincing for her, uh, you know, that type of stuff. But uh, he is definitely uh, one that, that is not shy of opening his pocketbook. But um, yeah, let's move on from that. Atlanta uh, United, they have three players appear on the MLS, not players, but three uh, 
I guess, people uh, appear on the MLS team of the match day. Uh, Gonzalo Pineda, he was able to uh, get the head coach honors for the team of the match day, as well as Brooks Lennon, who uh, is up for the player of the match day. And Tristan Muyamba, he also was able to earn a place on the bench. Uh, who, yeah, he was able to get the golden spike at the end of the game for getting us back into the match and really, I mean, doing almost everything in midfield. Uh, Guy's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, definitely was a, a great match from both Lennon and Tristan Muyamba. And uh, much credit to Pineda for how he set us up. And the uh, the subs. I mean, yeah, a lot of people uh, may, maybe were... Questioning why maybe Saba Lapsenice was not in the starting 11, but with the fixture congestion, a three-game match week, uh, I think you can kind of surmise why that did happen. But it worked out. You got a couple assists from the bench. So, uh, yeah, you know, uh, he didn't make the, uh, the team of the match day, but, I mean, all I can maybe surmise is that it was too short of a cameo, but I think when you get a couple assists from the bench, Give the guy some love. I mean, it's that's BS. But uh, so as well, um, yeah, we talked about Tiago Mata hitting the 15th assist of the season, uh, and he currently leads MLS in that category. Uh, the record was previously held by Miguel Ramiron and Julian Gressel. So definitely amazing company there, and uh, yeah, no doubt he will probably. Knock on wood, continue to raise that uh, that record. But uh, and as well, uh, let's see. Uh, moving on to Wolf, he uh, scored in the 89th minutes. Uh, we mentioned that uh, yeah, he uh, is the uh, only player in Atlanta United history as a homegrown to score five goals. So yes, congrats to him. Uh, and uh, yeah. Let's uh, move on to LA Night 2, where, uh, unfortunately, this is the uh, the bummer. They were eliminated from the playoff contention, but they were able to earn a shootout victory over Inter-Miami. Uh, so we did the double uh, this weekend over Inter-Miami uh, and their uh, reserve squad. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, a match that ended in 3-3 draw, but uh, as those... MLS Next Pro matches go. There's always a shootout at the end. And, uh, yeah. Uh, as well, Noah Cobb, Nick Firmino, and Kofi Tuamasi, they all scored to uh, help come back from a two-goal deficit. So, uh, yeah. Both teams had to come back from uh, an early, uh, I guess, uh, going down early. But, Anyway, uh, so that does it for the news, and it gets us into the mailbag. And you guys send in these questions through IG Story, and if you were a Patreon, uh, so please continue to do so, and we might answer your question in the future. But uh, first question is: uh, so <laughs> there's a bunch of questions. Uh, first off, we will go with Gavin. Thank you guys for sending them in. By the way, keep absolutely, them coming. Absolutely. But uh, Gavin uh, from the Patreon, he asked, what would the match have looked like if Messi either started or came off the bench? How would it change the game state? Michael. 
uh, it would massively change the game state. I mean, you put the best player on the planet to ever play the game on a team, it's going to change things. Of course it's going to. Um, I think... I think Leo is almost always, you know, in MLS at least, like good for a goal contribution um, just by sheer scoring and uh, one at least by assisting. So I think he's good for two goals. I think he bumps up Miami two more goals. Um, so they end with four total. And I still think we score five because Messi does not play defense. So. I think that we could have gotten five still on them because their defense is really uh, poor. So, <laughs> um, you know, Alba, uh, Messi, Busquets can't fix that. Um, I, I still think we win, which is, you know, maybe controversial. Um, I mean, obviously things could have changed. I mean, he could have just decided to pull magic out of the hat like he sometimes does. But, I mean, there was a couple of times we could have had two more goals too during this game. It was like a couple that uh, Yorgos missed that were pretty close. Um, so, I mean, this was a wild game. It'd been hard to really throw another variable into it and then try and predict what, what would happen with that. I think all you would have seen is just more goals, maybe more from both teams even. So, but I still think may have just eked it out by one goal. Yeah, no, I, I echo a lot of your sentiments there. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the game state would have been different. It depends on when uh Lionel Messi would have scored uh yeah I mean I think you know obviously the uh if it was like you know 3-3 three, three. <laughs> if it was that it might have been a little bit more difficult um and I think you know you'd see kind of would the team be going for it uh, at that point or would we be trying to keep what we got I mean I think well I mentioned it during our halftime meetup that when somebody asked me uh, yeah, you know, we were up 3-2. Would you just set up shop? Would you try to keep what we got? I said, yeah, we, we probably should continue to push forward. We don't have that team to be able to uh, just, uh, you know, keep what we've got very well. It's uh, We're a leaky team. And so, you know, yeah. it's one of those where we put them to the sword and we continue to try to score, and that's what had to happen. And uh, I think, yeah, you would have saw maybe a nine-goal thriller, like uh, Michael was saying, so. You know, yeah, and Pineda agrees with you. He literally said as much. He, he said something along the lines of like, you know, the best way to maintain a lead is just to keep scoring. So, you know, don't yeah. just set up shop. Yeah, absolutely. Just keep piling it on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, next question comes from, uh, let's see, it's a little too small for me to read it right now, so I'm going to try to expand it. Uh, but... Uh, the name is, oh boy, uh, there we go, Dayton Mucha, founding member here. What are your thoughts on why we refuse to release Barry? <laughs> why do we refuse to release Barry? Um, yeah. Probably because that's just not something that, that that's going to happen um, uh, until, I mean, I think, like, you know, we're gonna try and move on from him because we obviously have uh you know jamal in now um but i don't think we're just gonna release players i don't think we're gonna we're ever gonna really do that <laughs> yeah so. and it's also that it's like you know jamal tiara isn't fully in and integrated into the squad yet 
And I don't think we need to release Barry. Because uh, at this point, you'd be giving another team a chance to, uh, you know, kind of... I wouldn't say strengthen, but it would be <laughs> maybe strengthen their depth. Uh, but uh, I think at this point, you know, he's a, a player that can essentially kill some minutes for you. And uh, if you need maybe somebody to, uh, to just give you energy, he's someone that can do that. So uh, I don't think we need to release Barry, but uh, I think he's definitely third in the pecking order in terms of strikers at that point. But uh, next question. Very, very interesting. Tacos de Koi even asked Muyumba or Nagby? Who'd y'all take? Ah, uh, man. I, I think Nagby's probably, at, at his prime, I think Nagby's, Nagby's probably a little better. Um, because, I mean, just, just looking at, I mean... So if you think of it like this, there's another way of looking at it, uh, like in terms of accounting wise. So Tristan came in not as a DP. Nagby, when he got released from Land United, went to go play at Columbus as a DP, I think. If not, he was quickly transformed into a DP. Um, so, you know, Tristan is a incredibly serviceable person for his role, and he's very similar to Nagby without costing a DP. So I think with that, he just might be the better deal overall. Um, however, if you're just going to compare one-to-one player-wise, uh, Nagby, I think, at his, in his prime, a little bit better than Tristan. Yeah. Uh, I, th I think it's... you got to go with the champion. And Jonathan Nagby, of course, helped us win an MLS Cup. As well as uh, some other cups as well. So I think, uh, you know, far and away, Jonathan Nagby would be the choice. But Tristan Muombio, he's got uh, a lot of good qualities that is really helping us right now. Uh, but the jury's out, I think, on him. We know he's got a lot of quality. But, uh, yeah, he's got to help us win some cups in order to, uh, I think, uh, really overtake Jonathan Nagby in that uh, kind of pitting against him type of question so uh but really interesting question thank you for that uh and let's see um uh, in terms of another question let's see uh a lot of the other ones are asking if we're gonna go to the playoffs uh, or we're gonna go all the way into the cup we won't answer those quite yet but uh there is a question that uh i think interests me in eduardo v14 he asks Thoughts on Shonda? Uh, I first saw him play when he first joined West Ham and was excited when he joined. Yeah. Um, yeah, He. I mean, so far, he's been great. He's been a revelation. I mean, I, I, I keep, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Alanya and I did not have attacking threats for a number of years outside of their striker. Um, and it really showed in that all you had to do to stop Atlanta was basically put their striker on an island because their wingers and their fullbacks and their central midfield are not going to be able to score goals. So they're just going to try and feed the striker. You just mark him, you know, with two, three <laughs> defenders, and that's all she wrote. So now we have guys when the striker is occupied or when Tiago Mata is occupied, um, they have room to operate. And we're seeing what happens when they get into the kitchen and start cooking specifically with Saba 
I mean, even we're starting to see some of the other players that traditionally haven't been doing as well for us start to do a little bit better. And you talk about the Messi effect. I think the the Saba, Silva, and um, Tristan effect has been doing num uh, wonders for the rest of our team. I think a lot of their confidence is up too, and they're playing better than they ever have been. So, um, you know, everyone's just doing better because of them. Um, yeah, that's what I'll say uh, about yeah, that. Yeah, that's really well said. Uh, and that question actually came from Alex Novak14, not Eduardo V14. But uh, oh. it, I think, uh, you know, they asked very similar questions and uh, asking us, do you think Sabo would perform the same as a starter? And I think you you pretty much answered it. I mean, it's just uh, it's that like we have a couple of players that uh, on the wings we've desperately needed. Uh, yeah, we needed that production from the uh, the forward line in uh, aspects other than center forward. And these two, they have been bringing a dynamic that we have sorely needed for quite a while. And uh, yeah, Saba being a designated player. I fully expect him to continue to perform as a starter, and uh, you know, in terms of the reason why uh, he didn't start this match, it's probably with an eye on Wednesday, and as well, you know, the match fitness that he's still building. So, but uh, yep, that's pretty much all the questions uh, for this week in terms of the mailbag. Like I said, uh, definitely, uh, yeah, continue to send your questions in, and we might answer your question in the future. But. Let's get into the match preview then, and LA United, they will be playing DC United on Wednesday at 7.30. They're currently ninth in the Eastern Conference, nine wins, eight draws, 12 losses, and their last match, they drew nil-nil to Charlotte FC, so yeah, that's uh, not a great result there. Uh, yeah, you know, drawing Charlotte, but... Uh, yeah, this is a team, of course, coached by Wayne Rooney. And, yeah, you have Christian Benteke, who's uh, their talisman. But, uh, yeah, they have major questions all over the all over the 11. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a team that's pretty flawed, uh, can be got at. Uh, they, of course, lost Bill Hamid last season, or this offseason, rather, and Ola Kamara and David Ochoa. And, uh, yeah, they're... Uh, their players that they brought in, Tyler Miller, that uh, starting goalkeeper, he's, uh, as we saw in our match at the Benz, he's uh, a little uh, a little tempestuous, a little, a little bit where he uh, you can go a little astray, and sometimes that works out in our favor, and uh, or in terms of their opponent's favor. It's one of one of best Yorgos goals oh, yeah. so far. <laughs> Scoring from outside of the box, from the right side, I mean, that's, yeah incredible uh but yeah it's a team that there's not a lot of high hopes for in terms of uh from the predictions early on in the season they are overperforming that at the very least uh because most of the pundits had them finishing uh pretty much dead last or only as high as 12th so uh they're overperforming it as they're currently in ninth and uh clinging on to that last last playoff spot but yeah it is uh Definitely not a, uh, a banner season for them at the moment, but you never know in the playoffs. So, uh, But, uh, yeah, let's get into our predicted starting 11 for this match. Uh, yeah, you know, it's kind of all to play for. We, we probably have the better team on paper as well as the better form. Let's get into the uh, through the lines together. Braguzan, of course, in between the sticks. 
but who is your back line? Yeah, so I'm going to say like who I want ideally, but I understand because of congestion, you know, and I, I just don't know the current fitness status of play a player like Abram or Lennon because I know I'm pretty sure Robinson and Wiley are able to keep up with the pace of these games. Uh, Abram, a little bit older and has had a lot of games recently, especially when he went abroad for, uh, I think it was Peru on an international duty. Um, I think he played 90 minutes of that game. Um, and Lennon has just been, you know, you see him in the uh, the highlights that, that MLS and Atlanta United have been putting out about him, about him having like the most mileage and stuff running up and down. He's been doing this game in, game out for us. The guy's a workhorse. At a certain point, you got to wonder if he's ever going to run out of steam. So like, I wouldn't be super surprised if they put in like maybe Hernandez over him to rest him, but that's not ideal. Ideally, you want Lennon out there. Ideally, you want Abram out there with Robinson and Wiley. But again, it's going to come down to whether or not their bodies can handle the rigors of this many games and this much just, in Lennon's case, <laughs> sprinting like crazy. So yeah, no, uh, definitely, I, I hear you. I I think kind of think the opposite. I think that Caleb Wiley is the one that uh, gets rested for a little bit. Uh, maybe comes on as energy uh, later on in the match, but nah, he's young. He'll be fine. Uh, but that's the <laughs> thing, you know. He's still developing. He's still a teenager, and I think, uh, yeah, with that, you don't want to burn out those legs uh, that aren't fully developed quite yet. So, I think Ronald Hernandez comes in. Uh, Brooks Lennon maybe, uh, you know, gets spelled later on with Ronald Hernandez uh, coming in, uh, you know, to his position on the right later on and uh yeah i think luisa brahm he does keep his place i i hear you about the uh the travel and plus playing 90 plus minutes but i think uh yeah maybe a second half substitution uh with Juanjo Parata later on it'll be okay but uh yeah so i'm thinking lennon robinson abram and ronald hernandez but uh into the midfield i think this is where we probably have the most interesting uh, kind of uh, conundrums, really. But, uh, yeah, who do you have? Um, so, again, ideally, we've been seeing a, you know, uh, the, the Rosetto-Tristan combination that's been working really well. Um, you know, say what you want about Rosetto's uh, performances the last couple games. You know, he's had mistakes. He's made some blunders that have been kind of critical could have been really biting us in the butt but overall i think he's been very serviceable and tristan of course has been tristan it's been a rock um i'm really except for like that one pass that one time that basically almost gave him a goal but luckily for whatever reason that guy just completely missed it uh, i think it was uh Mukhtar with nashville so um yeah i mean that was his one i guess <laughs> uh but yeah he's been he's been amazing um so Ideally, that's the starters. However, um, we saw a Johnny Forge come in to replace Osetu in the last game towards the end, around the 80th minute. Um, I like a Johnny, and I kind of hope they kind of do it again. But maybe if Rosetta gets tired, they can sub him a little earlier. Um, but I just don't feel confident if you want to put someone like you talk about Sajic or um, or Sosa or something like that. I don't know what type of chemistry they've been building in the training grounds, you know, when the cameras aren't on. 
whereas I've seen what, what has conspired between Rosetto and Tristan. So um, it makes me nervous seeing anyone besides that combination. So I'm going to say, you know, Rosetto and Tristan to start with eyes on, you know, a slightly earlier subs if necessary. Yeah. Whew, uh, it's it's tough. I mean, it's going to be, um, you know, like you, you, we can only make five subs, and that's already a lot. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be where my mind says something and my heart says something else. And uh, my mind, of course, wants, uh, yeah, well, it's kind of both, really. My my heart and mind want Tristan Muyamba and Mateo Sassetu to be the starters, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's going to be where Gonzalo Pineda might roll the dice again, as he did on that away match uh, recently where he rocked with Sadich and Sosa, and I think it's going to be the case again uh, because, yeah, I just don't know if uh, Muyamba is 90 minutes fit for three games in a row. Uh, in one week, and so it's just, I think it's going to be the case. Sadich and Sosa, and uh, maybe with an eye on uh, Muyomba coming in later on to maybe help solidify things and control a little bit more, but uh, yeah, because it's just one of these, it's if you chop and change like too many, uh, obviously you start to lose the uh, the chemistry and the, you know, the, the run that you're on, but uh, you know, you have to realize that MLS is very particular, and when you go on the road, it's just going to be really different. And uh, but, yep. So uh, Sadich and Sosa for me. Okay, let's get into the wingers. Uh, who do you think they're going to be? I think I'm going to start with saying Saba starts this game. Um, Mascara started the last one, played quite a bit. Saba came on was very impactful. Um, Mascara did fine uh, last game. I thought he did pretty good. He ran at legs even when they weren't tired, and he made them look a little tired. Um, I was happy with his performance overall. Um, Saab is obviously an upgrade in like every way. However, um, you know, is he? Can he do the full ninety minutes? I don't know. But if Mascara comes in for him, you know, again, it's like like you said, chop and change, like. I don't know where we're going to be at with subs or planned substitutions, things like that. But, I mean, like, we have options there. Um, if Saba can't go 90, but I would prefer him too because that guy's electric. And I want to see what he can do for 90 minutes. Um, Silva, I want there to be as well on the pitch because that guy, just like Saba, extremely electric. Um, whenever these guys are on the field, we feel dangerous. Without them, it feels listless. It feels a little like laborious a little bit of the old you know Atlanta United where we're just kind of hoping and praying a ball lands in the way it needs to land in order for us to get like an easy goal because we're just not working anything we're not combining in interesting and dynamic ways to really offset a uh, solidified defense so um, Tiago and Yako can only do so much to try and undo a you know a low block or a mid block or something like that so I want to see them um, start and like I said, there's options if they can't go full 90, but uh, that's who I'm, I'm hoping are there. Silva, Tiago, and Saba. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we were only talking about the wingers, but yeah, I mean, it, I think it's pretty obvious that, oh, sorry, you know, yeah. Tiago Amado is probably going to start in the middle. Uh, and, you know, probably he, this might be a planned sub on this one where he doesn't see the full 90. Uh, and hopefully we're up and, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. But, uh, yeah, I think... 
Saba, of course, uh, I think we'll start. Uh, I think that, that was the eye for this match. But Shauna Silva, I'm not sure, uh, also is match fit to be able to play uh, three games in one week. So I have Tyler Wolf coming in, in which Saba was able to assist Tyler Wolf. I think, uh, you know, he earns this, uh, this start uh, here. Uh, both of them do. Uh, and yeah, you saw a little bit of chemistry. So yeah, hopefully that continues in which uh, Saba can continue to feed Tyler Wolf and uh, he can get on the score sheet. So, uh, and then I think that would probably be really th impressive to see if that transpires that way. That would yeah. be incredibly, that would be such like a, like a harbinger of great things to come. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Agree. Uh, if, if that's a term I can use there, but <laughs> I think that would be really amazing to see. Saba linking up with a player like Wolf and generating some goal scoring threats. That would be really an incredible thing to see. Right. Because it's definitely, yeah, like Tyler Wolf, uh, he, he needs a facilitator. He needs somebody to be able to feed him. He's not maybe somebody that can uh, exactly create a bunch of, uh, you know, kind of chances for himself out of nothing. But uh, yeah, he is a player that, yeah, has an eye for goal and can put the ball in the back of the nets. And so uh, definitely, I think, you know, this little combination could be something that uh, we can keep an eye on for the future. And up top, I think, uh, yeah, whether he's match fit for three games or not, I don't think we're going to see Jamal Tiare uh, come in quite yet. And uh, Miguel Berry, well, yeah, you might as well just concede this match if uh, he starts this match. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty given, I think. Yorgos Yakumakis up top, at least for me. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think he's hungry. He really wants that golden boot. He really does. I mean, yeah. you know, dominating the Scottish League, dominating the Everdyce when he was there, like, and, and trying to win those accolades in, in three different leagues would be an incredible accomplishment for a player like him. So I think he's really going for it, and... That would be a incredible thing to see from his first season with us. Indeed, indeed. So, uh, yeah, uh, going through at least the lines for me, Guzan, Lennon, Robinson, Abram, Hernandez, Sadich, Sosa, Saba, Almada, Wolf, and Yakumakis. And then for you? Yeah, it's Guzan, um, Lennon, Robinson, Abram, Wiley, uh, <laughs> Tristan and Rosadu, it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think, like, like you're, they're tired, but it's, I don't know. Playing substitutions, hopefully. Come and save the day. Saba, Tiago, Silva, and Yako. All right, all right. So, yeah, uh, what do you guys think? Let us know in the comments below, but it gets us into the score prediction. And what do you think is going to happen, Michael? Well, with your lineup, you're going to pedal out there. I feel like we're going to draw. But if we put out my lineup, we win this game. <laughs> That's what I think. I think it's okay. like a 3-1 or 3-0 if it's the lineup I put out. Your, your lineup, though, I think it would be like a 2-2 or a 1-1. Yeah. Uh, I yeah With my lineup, I think I'm making a more uh, second-half magic. I think we're just going to try to keep it keep it uh, around where uh, yeah if we can get a one nil uh, in the first half and uh, you know maybe there's uh, or maybe it's one one you know whichever just keep it kind of uh, tight keep it kind of level 
and then we can uh, you know do the business in the second half. I think it's a two-one win. Uh, I, I think yeah, you know the the second half is where all to do pretty much, and so we got to keep it tight. And uh, yeah, on this away match on a weekday, yeah, it is what it is. We uh, we have to do enough to get the points, and uh, it's not gonna be pretty. But I think it's possible, and I think uh, it's probably going to be maybe some uh, some set piece magic. So uh, whether that's uh, a free kick from Almada or it's a free kick uh, or not free kick, a corner kick uh, that Yorgosako Makis uh, meets with his head, we shall see. But uh, but guys, yeah, yeah let, let us... me just read a little bit. Huh? Let Go me ahead. let me read a little bit about uh, some statistics from DC from this year. Just to give you kind of a bit of a background of what to expect from them. Um, their home form to, uh, this year, uh, five wins, five draws, four losses. They have a plus eight goal differential at home, 1.43 points per game. Um, their last form is win, draw, loss, win, draw at home. Um, this season, it says on, what is this, footy stats, that their home their home form is poor overall. Um they're currently in ninth out of 29 teams in the entire table. They've won only 31% of their matches. Their home form is poor, like I said, five wins, five draws, four losses. Um, their away form is considered good, interestingly, as they have a result of four wins, three draws, and eight losses. Uh, MLS, obviously, we all know, is historically very difficult to play away. So getting four wins in a season, I guess, is considered pretty good when you kind of compare relatively to how the other teams are doing this season. So it says a lot about the rest of the uh uh, rest of the league um yeah at home they have 36 percent of their wins it's not very good um <laughs> i think uh our i mean if you look at our stats comparatively we are in a far better place like our home form nine wins three draws three losses plus 18 2.00 points per game i know we're getting to be a bit of a beast at home which is nice to see again um our away form is better than theirs but still not great like i said earlier i alluded to um and jason longshore talks about this all the time teams are struggling to get a points to get points away in the mls this season uh more so than kind of other seasons they've seen in the past which is an interesting stat um so i think based on what i've seen from the, these statistics dc is extremely vulnerable um looking at some of their games that they've played recently they've not done well <laughs> they've not they're like they've had trouble scoring in general a lot of the games are ending with nils so um you know it could be the case uh that we could get out of there off like a 1-0 or a uh, you know like a 2-0 or something like that um hopefully they continue to struggle to score then i'll that that for me is something to look out for to see really how dangerous uh, they come out the gates looking like um, hopefully they're flat and we can take advantage of that mm -hmm. I mean yeah they've uh, they've had some troubles I think in the uh, the squad department uh, where yeah you know taxi found us as well as some players that uh, have been uh, pretty much released as well it's not exactly great goings in terms of uh, maybe the talent ID and especially uh the luck in terms of how those players are performing so yeah definitely this team can be had and hopefully we do uh and we both predict wins so what do you guys predict let us know in the comments below but 
guys, that's pretty much the episode, except for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, how high do you think Atlanta United can get in the playoffs or uh, playoff spots uh, in, in the East? Can we get a home playoff spot? Let us know in those comments below. Looking forward to what you have to say. But uh, yeah, before we uh, sign off, remember to sign up for our Patreon uh, look out for the shout-outs at the end of this episode if you're watching on YouTube. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Michael, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah.